I invite you to stand if you are able for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, and verse 7. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above, or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and open your Bible to Exodus chapter 20. Um, If you don't have a Bible, um, there is are some Bibles in the back. Would love to invite you to grab one of those. If you don't have one to take uh, to use at home, uh, please take that um, home with you. Uh, it is our gift to you. Uh, we've been in a series in Exodus um, for a little while now, and we're slowing down um, in the Ten Commandments. We've learned over the past few weeks that uh, these are the words of God to His people. So as you look at these different commands. Uh, see them as formative ways that God is speaking His Word uh, to His people. And so, um, since everybody has shared with you what their name means, I want to let you know, my name means narrow channel. So there you go. Um, If you hear names like these, I want you to be thinking about what do they mean to you? When I say names like Tom Osborne, Neil Armstrong, George Washington, Albert Einstein, C.S. Lewis, Michael Jordan, and dare I say, LeBron James. You think Husker football, the Tour de France, best president ever, inventor, the Chronicles of Narnia, and the goat of basketball. A name invokes meaning, a name invokes character and reputation, and sometimes history changing for generations. So when I was in high school, uh, there were a few names that if you had the right last name, you got more playtime on the field or on the court or on the tennis match. You had special privileges if your family had money. The name of your family had weight in the school. Or maybe you were known as the teacher's pet or the know-it-all. Maybe you had a name in your high school where you were known for the skill of your athleticism. If you know someone that has those names, you reflect back on your schooling, you can kind of think of some of those names. Or like Eric said, maybe you don't know the the meaning of your name. So if you do a quick Google search, which maybe some of you will do this afternoon, or call your parents... You may find that your name has origins in German, or Swiss, or Gaelic, or French, or even Latin and Hebrew. The name that you have has its origin story. Another way that our name can be known is for its character, and the way that you demonstrate yourself or your family has demonstrated itself in history. 
Maybe for you growing up, your name was associated with your performance. Maybe you were known as the best wrestler or the best quarterback or a musician or an artist. Your name might be known for your family's name. Maybe your family is known for hard workers or maybe your, name, your family's name was generous. Often names carry significance and meaning because of who they are and what they stood for. This morning, we're going to look at the uses of God's name, the ways that God's name is used in honorable ways and the ways that God's name is used in dishonorable ways. If you were here the past few weeks, we noticed in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, and I want to read it for us, here's what the Lord says about himself. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. The Lord introduces his name as the God who saves his people. I am the Lord. I am the Lord who saves. I am the Lord who removes you from the place of oppression. I'm the Lord who brings you to a place of safety and a land flowing with milk and honey. And then a few verses later, here's what the Lord says. This is who I am, but here's a warning for you. Do not misuse the name of the Lord, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who uses his name in a dishonorable way. The Lord reminds us this morning that his, the way that we use his name matters. And if we're not careful, we can misuse his name in ways that we're aware of or unaware of. My sermon title this morning is God's name on our lips. God's name on our lips. And the big idea or the kind of theme that I want you to be tracking with is this. The way that we use God's name reveals what we believe about God. The way that we use God's name reveals what we believe about God. To honor the Lord is to use his name in honorable ways. To misuse his name is to dishonor the Lord. So for the rest of our morning this morning, I want to answer three questions. Question number one is, what is the meaning of the Lord's name? Question number two is, how do we misuse the name of the Lord? And question number three is, why should we use the name of the Lord? So we're going to start with question number one. What is the meaning of the Lord's name? If you look at Exodus 20, verse 7, you will see two names that God uses to describe himself. These two names are Yahweh, which is God's covenantal name. And the second is Elohim, which means the one true God. Yahweh means the self-existing one, the one who is eternal. Yahweh is the proper name for God, so if God were to introduce himself, he would say, my name is Yahweh. When you see the Lord in all caps in the Bible, the writer of the scriptures is calling us to take note. This is the personal name for God. God is revealing who he is. The name is not a descriptor of God or a description of God. It is God revealing himself who he is. God is making himself known to the world and to his people. We see more of who Yahweh is in the early books of Genesis, the early verses of Genesis. 
if I could say. Genesis 2, verse 7, Genesis 2, verse 22. Here's what the scriptures say. Yahweh formed the man of the dust from the ground. And Yahweh took the rib of the man and made the woman. Yahweh is creator. Then in Genesis 12, Yahweh promises to bless Abraham and to make him and his family into a great nation. Here's who our God is. Our God is a God who saves his people. A God is a God, our God is a God who reveals himself, and not a God who is far off, but a God who makes himself personal. He is present with his people, and he is present with us today. All throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see different names of God being revealed. Sometimes God reveals his name, and sometimes his people reveal who God is because of their experience and their walking with him. When the Lord reveals who he is, we learn about his character, his love, his compassion, and his creation. In order to truly appreciate the weight and the worth of who God is, we need to know God's name. And dare I say God's names that he describes himself as. So this morning I want to share with you five names. And so I think it's cool how the Holy Spirit works. Um, Eric and I did not talk at all, all week, um, even though I wish we would have. Um, but it's really beautiful how on Sunday mornings, and I just want to share this because sometimes we don't get to share this from the stage, but it's really beautiful how the different people that are a part of this worship gathering, the Spirit of God is at work, and He's moving in the same ways. And so I just want to share that with you all. Like, I get to see that sometimes, um, but I just, want to, I just want to say that because some of the names that I will share this morning are the exact same names that my brother Eric shared. And so I, I just think it's cool how God works. So um, with that, the way that we see and use God's name reveals what we believe about God. So the first name that I want to share with you this morning is El Shaddai. This name comes from Genesis 17, verse 1. And here's what Genesis 17, verse 1 says. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him saying, I am God Almighty. I live in, the pres- live in my presence and be blameless. I will set my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. God uses this name to say, I am Almighty. I rule over all things. I'm the God who takes things that are broken and makes them whole again. So when God met with Abraham, he also met with Sarah. And here's what he promised them. That at the young old age of 99 and 90, they will have a son. And God says, I am almighty. I rule over the heavens. I rule over the earth. And I rule over the womb of a barren woman. The Lord El Shaddai is all-powerful and able to do anything. Yahweh Jireh. If you grew up in a Baptist church, you might have heard this name as Jehovah Jireh. But for the purposes of this morning, Jehovah and Yahweh are meaning the same thing. And so this morning, I want to draw our attention to Genesis chapter 22 verse 14. And Abraham named that place the Lord 
will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Yahweh Jireh means the Lord provides. So as Abraham is on the mountain with his son, he is getting ready to actually sacrifice his son. And in the moment of provisional need, God provides a ram in the thicket. He does not need to kill his son. And obviously that's a foreshadowing of Christ and the Father. And so we see a beautiful picture that God provides. God provides when it doesn't look like there is any provision to be had. Yahweh, Jireh, the Lord, provides. Uh, when I was a little boy, I was six or seven. Um, I was actually asking my mom this morning um, what kind of car we drove. Um, I believe it was a Mercury. Does that sound right? Um, so we're driving this baby blue Mercury, and it had a, like a white top on it. Um, and we're driving down the road, and the, the, literally the car runs out of gas. And so we're on the side of the road, and I'm like, well, this isn't good. Um, and so she says, well, Kyle, we're going to need to pray. I said, okay. So she prays, and I'm kind of sitting there looking around. Um, at this point, I am still in the process of God working on my heart. Um, and so she, she turns to me and says, well, did you pray? And I was like, no. Um, and so simply, we pray together. Lord, would you provide for our car to start? And a couple more turns, and I'm like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And literally, the needle is below E. She turns it again, and the car starts. We drive to the gas station, and from that moment on, I may not know this name of God, but from that moment on, I knew that the Lord is my provider. The third name that I want to share with you this morning is Yahweh Nisi. You will find this name in Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. And this name means the Lord is my banner. Moses says Yahweh Nisi after the Lord saves Israel in, from Egypt and he saves them from the Amalekites. I'm going to read part of this text here for you this morning. And Moses built an altar and named it the Lord is my banner. He said, indeed, my hand is lifted up towards the Lord's throne. The Lord will be at war with Amalek from generation to generation. Yahweh Nisi is the name that symbolizes God's protection in his cover over his people. Yahweh Nisi is a symbol of victory for God's people from their enemies and a reminder that the Lord protects his people. The Lord is our banner, friends. The Lord is our defender, and he is our protector. The last name that I... Uh, uh, two names, I guess, um, that I have left is Yahweh Rapha. You will find this name in Exodus 15. It is a name that means the Lord heals. Exodus 15, 26 reads, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, and keep his statutes, I will, inflict, I will not inflict any illness on you I will, that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This name emphasizes the Lord's ability to restore, to cover his people with healing. The Lord is the healer of Israel, not only their spiritual, but their physical needs. 
And here's what the Lord teaches us, that he does this from generation to generation. The last name that I want to share with you before we move on is Yahweh Shalom. You will find this name in Judges chapter 6, and it means the Lord is our peace. Judges 6, 23 and 24 read, But the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Don't be afraid, for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. So here's what's going on. A very similar circumstance is Moses. God calls Moses to save his people. Gideon is in the same place. The armies of Midian are coming around and God reveals himself to Gideon, an angel of the Lord. And so amidst the fears of going to war, he sees himself in the face of the angel of the Lord and he's worried that he's going to be put to death. He is in the presence of God. And here's God's response to him. I am Yahweh Shalom. I am the God of peace in the midst of your fears. I am the God of peace who reveals himself to you. And I will be your peace as you experience fears and trials and tribulation. Yahweh Shalom is the ultimate source of peace in our lives when we face sickness and death and hardship and marriage and hardship at work. To know God is to know his name. He is the Lord Almighty, the Lord who saves, the Lord who provides, the Lord who is our banner and our protector, the Lord who heals and the Lord that brings infinite peace. Speaking the Lord's name brings honor to him, but misusing the name of the Lord brings dishonor to him. So that brings us to our second question. How do we misuse the name of the Lord? The word misuse in the text actually means to empty of meaning, to make void of value, to make something worthless that has worth, to make something false that is true. Some obvious ways that we misuse the name of the Lord are these. Now, obviously, this is an exhaustive list, but you can write some of these down, and I pray that the Lord would work on your heart this morning as the Lord worked in my heart this week. Using the name of the Lord to swear by. When someone doesn't believe us, we say, I swear to, and we use the Lord's name in vain. Another way that we misuse the name of the Lord is to communicate surprise. Oh my! And we misuse the name of the Lord. Sometimes we use the name of the Lord as a swear word. We say Jesus' name in this way, G-D, and we misuse the name of the Lord. Or we get mad at a coworker or somebody at the ball field or a child, and we yell Jesus' name in a very loud way. And in that sense, we take the name of the Lord in vain. We misuse, we empty his worth and his value. Some more subtle ways that we use the name of the Lord include these ways. Using the Lord's name for personal gain. I'm going to give and the Lord is going to bless me. Using the name of the Lord to justify an action. I feel like the Lord doesn't want me to serve in First City Kids. 
Now, that's not a plug, but we can use the name of the Lord in ways to diminish his weight and his wonder. After a person sneezes, now I know this is a little bit close to home, we might say, bless you. My question is, do you mean it? Or we might say, Lord bless you, and it's habit. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of nuance there, but my question is, when you use the name of the Lord, do you mean it? Do you mean it in the way of his worth and his value? The way that we use God's name truly does reveal what we believe about God. A more significant way, and hopefully this is a way that you can consider your own life. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans. And this was convicting for me, and I hope that we can journey together as the people of God in this. Romans 2, verse 21. The Apostle Paul exposes the hypocrisy of the Jewish Christians, and here's what he says. You then who teach another, do you teach yourself? Do you see the hypocrisy? You who preach, you must not steal, do you steal? You must not detest idols, but yet you rob temples. You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it is written, the name of the Lord is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. God's call to his people is this, to be holy as I am holy. It isn't a call to be the best that you can on your own strength and then give up after moral failure. God's call to be holy is to be set apart by God, to love God, to glorify God, to honor him, and that his name might be glorified among the nations. It's a call to run to Jesus in failure. It's a, it's a call to confess sin and the power of the name of Jesus to make us clean. It's a call to bear the name of the Lord to everyone you meet. The reason that Paul is so hard on these Jewish Christians is because he is calling them out on their hypocrisy. You call yourself Christians, and yet you live like somebody who is not. God's name is on us, friends. Exodus 20, verse 7 says, Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. So now we need to consider in what ways have we misused the name of the Lord. Some of us have done it in subtle ways. Some of us have done it in more explicit ways. So I ask you the question, in what ways do you or have you misused the name of the Lord? Our lives and our speech, if they do not match, they fail to bring glory and honor to God. Sadly, these are grounds of punishment. But for those who are in the family of God, your punishment will look like more like the Lord's discipline. As Proverbs 3.12 teaches us, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, just as a father disciplines his son in whom he delights. Friends, the call for you is this, to turn from sin, to believe the good news of the gospel. And the call is, as you confess sin, my careful concern for you 
is that when we do that, when we call in the name of the Lord, that we mean it. Lord, would you heal me? Would you heal my broken heart? And as we come to the Lord, that we would do it in earnesty. For those of you this morning that feel the weight, maybe you are one of those people that have used the name of the Lord. Maybe you're one of those people that have used the name of the Lord and you don't know what to do with that. You know that you're far from God. You know that you feel conviction each time you say it. And so I want to share with you what verses 5 and 6 say. Do not bow and worship to idols and do not serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, bringing the consequences of the Father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. The, may, the way to be made right with God is in the name of Jesus. And so if you're wondering this morning, I'm wrestling with my life. I'm wrestling with the ways in which I'm far from God. I want to encourage you with these words from John chapter 1. But to all who have received him have, and gave them the right to be the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born out of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. So as you call on the name of Jesus, he puts his name on you. Your heart is made new. You have been given a new life. To turn from sin is to believe in the name of Jesus and to trust in him as your savior. And if you're in the pattern of misusing the name of the Lord, I want to ask you, would you call on his name this morning? Would he give you, he will give you a new heart. And the third question I want to answer this morning is why should we use the name of the Lord? For God's people to speak the name of the Lord, here's what John chapter 14 says. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. This is Jesus speaking. And whenever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. To pray in Jesus' name is to call on the power and the character of God himself. For in the name of Jesus, as Thomas prayed, the dead are raised. In the name of Jesus, people are healed. In the name of Jesus, the sick are made well. In the name of Jesus, people are saved. To pray in Jesus' name is also a way to remember our baptism. As we read a little bit earlier, Matthew 28, Jesus says this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in what name, church? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the age. Friends, baptism doesn't save us, but it does mark us with the name of God. We are buried with Christ. We are risen with him. To be marked by the name of God is to bear the name to the nations. To live our lives as Christians is to do what John the Baptist said. 
that he must decrease. Sorry, that he must increase and that we must decrease. Uh, Many of you know that um, my life was kind of marked with the fear of darkness. I think I've shared that a few times. And so I want to share a couple examples um, from my life, uh, some of the ways that my wife and I use the name of the Lord um, in our home, and hopefully these can be um, some practical uh, ways that you consider um, how the Lord's name could be used in your home. So um, growing up, darkness and light were kind of themes in my life, and uh, when I was younger, um, darkness was actually the way in which that God used to draw me into his light. Um, and so as I was in fear of darkness, um, God actually saved me um, through that. Um, that as I would experience the fear of darkness, um, the, the, the Lord is actually drawing me to himself. And so as I cried out to him in my fear of darkness and said, Lord, would you take this fear of darkness away and would you save me? Um, the darkness flee. Uh, but if, if I could also tell you that there are times in my life where this theme continues to arise. I might be in the backyard putting out a campfire or in the basement getting laundry and turn off the light and the fear of darkness creeps in. And so in those moments, instead of just pressing on and running into the light, moment of vulnerability here, um, I just pray, Jesus Would you remind me that you will never leave me or forsake me? Jesus, would you remind me that the Spirit of God that is in me is greater than he who is in the world? And so I literally just pray that out loud. Jesus, would you be my strength in my time of weakness? Another example is when our children sometimes have night terrors. I don't know if you have ever experienced that. Uh, Sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night, they're unconsolable, Um, and there's a sense of worry. Lord, what do we do? And so we go to them. One of the promises in God's word is from Matthew chapter 18, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am among them. And so what we found is when Michelle and I go to our children together and we pray, Jesus, would you comfort them? Would you be their protector of their minds? Would you renew in them the joy of who you are in their life? We see the fear be removed. We see the, their kind of countenance come down, and they are able to calm and go back to sleep. For in the name of Jesus, my kids are able to go back to sleep. The last example, um, and I think this kind of hits most of us in the same way, is we see in our, the shows that we watch or in the movies that we watch uh, the name of the Lord being misused. And so it's been um, something that we've wrestled through over the years. Like, do you turn a show off after one or two or what's the mark? And so what we have done is when we see a pattern of the show or the movie misusing the name of the Lord, we just turn it off. It's a good testimony for our kids. This is not okay. The name of the Lord needs to be revered and held high. And so I want to ask you to just consider the ways that you maybe have passively or actively been using the name of the Lord. Does the name of the Lord actually have the worth and the weight and wonder in your life that it should? And if not, I just want to invite you just to take some time to pray. I'd like to pray for you, and then I want to encourage you to take some time to pray.
Your time of prayer could be confession. Father, we have not taken your name in the way that it is intended. Um, Or, Father, help me to revere your name. So I just want to pray for us, and I want to encourage you to take some time, and then we're going to confess our sin together.